This is our DOL Watch Podcast 10, March the 24th, 2021. We're discussing Right of Sodomy by Randy Engel. We're at page 751-752. We encourage you to get a copy for yourself and read along with us. Join the discussion. You can obtain a copy at newanglepublishing.com. That's New Angle, E-N-G-E-L, Publishing. We suggest you copy page 751 and 752 and write your letter uh, to your pastor. Dear Pastor, attached is a copy from Rite of Sodomy by Randy Engel, pages 751 to 752. Will you send it to our bishop with the following questions? One, Bishop, is it true what she says herein? Period. Two, Bishop, I'm going to support the starve the DSA until I get an answer. Period. Three, Bishop, will you contact the USCCB for me and find out their take on this if they admit or deny what is said here is true? Thank you, comma, parishioner in the pew. Put your name there. Let's read it. Catholic media, kill the messenger. Catholic News Service, CNS, the official voice of the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops, and the primary source of Catholic news for all diocesan papers throughout the United States, did not report on the St. Sebastian Angel's website until April the 5th, 2000. In a relatively short article on St. Sebastian's Angels, a CNS veteran reporter, Jerry Filtu, quoted Bishop Calcutt's charge that Stephen Brady, Steve Brady of RCF had illegally tapped into the confidential and private news group but he made no attempt to contact Brady to give him an opportunity to set the record straight. Phil too also quoted Sidney Duval, the official spokesman for the Archdiocese of Cape Town, who repeated Calcutt's condemnation of Brady's actions. Duval identified St. Sebastian Angels as an interactive counseling service and said that Brady was guilty of despicable snooping and eavesdropping on confidential material betraying, judging, and damaging the victim, and then rehashing their dark discoveries for public consumption. The CNS report did state that St. Sebastian website contains sexually explicit material. But a casual reader would never have suspected the, that depravity of the content. But a casual reader would never have suspected that depravity of the content of the newsgroup messages written by gay Roman Catholic priests. Religious and Brothers. <coughs> the Southern Cross, Cape Town's diocesan paper, quickly came to the defense of its auxiliary bishop. In March 19, 2000, in a March 19, 2000 article titled, Bigotry is an Affront to Our Faith, managing editor Gunther Simmermacher claimed that the cow cut that Calcutt was simply exercising his pastoral ministry by participating in the Internet Forum on Homosexuality. And he lashed out at Steve Brady of RCF for attempting to destroy this fundamentally good man. Simmermacher excused himself from rendering a judgment about the conduct of the St. Sebastian's Angels website, including the lurid emails and pornographic photographs of nude males posted by Calcutt on the basis that he did not have a degree in canon law and therefore was not competent to evaluate Bishop Calcutt's pronouncements. 
since Rome had not sent the bishop into exile nor publicly censured him, Simmermacher concluded that there was no real case against Calcutt. We're going to continue, 752. <clears throat> but it's been my experience, and I, I'm going to speak for Teresa. Well, we can always ask her later. That's been her experience too. You ask questions, and they then attack you. You as a messenger of questions, they attack you. They try to kill the messenger. That's why I've got that, uh, ask your parish priest and ask your bishop. See what kind of reaction you get. You test the waters. Just see. You've been going along. You're a low-info Catholic, kept on a low-info diet for quite some time, and you begin to realize there's a world out there and you want to ask questions about it. How are they spending your donations? Are they feeding the poor? They're feeding the hungry. Are they clothing the poor? Are they serving Jesus? Or are they serving their own appetites on your money? Let's continue. Bishop Calcutt resigns from office. No surprise there. Let's go. In the summer of 2000, the papal nuncio in Pretoria notified Bishop Calcutt that he was to report to Cardinal Ratzinger in Rome. Upon his arrival at the Vatican, Bishop Calcutt met, the Card met with Cardinal Ratzinger second in command, and was reportedly disciplined. However, when the Cape Town Auxiliary returned home, he merely picked up where he left off. The South African hierarchy, as a demonstration of its support, made Calcutt the official spokesman for the Bishop's Conference, and Calcutt continued to use the SABC-sponsored AIDS ministry to push for condom efficiency by all Africans, gay or straight or whatever. On July the 17th, 2002, under, the, under pressure from Rome, Calcutt voluntarily resigned of his office. Pope John Paul II immediately accepted his resignation. Calcutt, however, was not defrocked and retains the title Auxiliary Bishop Emeritus of Cape Town. As part of his farewell message, Calcutt said, I will continue serving the good Lord with a lower profile. As of January 2004, Bishop Calcutt is serving as a parish priest at St. Patrick's Church in Mowbray. The St. Sebastian Angels website has been moved off the public internet to a private site that requires a password. Let's, uh, let's pause there. Let's think about that. And... Uh, our next lead-in, that's going to be a lead-in to <clears throat> American Hierarchy Denies Existence of Clerical Homosexual Network. So let's pause there. I'm giving you a first action item on how to write a letter by just, you get a, you get a copy of this book at newanglepublishing.com. I think this particular volume for might be $15. Then we'll continue with 752, because it goes into, it uh, starts to talk about America, starts to talk about Theodore McCarrick, people we know, people that have been defended by individuals in my Lansing Diocese, defended it to the extent that the bishop was promoting the presumption of innocence, due process, for this McCarrick. The same 
due process and presumption of innocence that was denied many of my lay friends, denied Bill, who is innocent as can be. I have a problem with that. Let's go over some traditional uh, teachings. So I've given you the content there. We'll come back and we'll continue. But when you're reading the saints, particularly St. John of the Cross, St. Teresa of Avila, what's on their map of knowledge that might not be on your map of knowledge? That was in the very air that they breathed, the intellectual air? Uh, I'm going to give it to you as I was taught. And it's the, the effect of the Carthusian Revolution. John Paul II talks about it. The, there's a fancy name for it. The, uh, it's an anthropomorphic inversion meaning we begin to look at ourselves. We begin to assert that we know only what, uh, what we, uh, I am, therefore I, 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 I am, therefore I exist, therefore I am. There's, I'm getting that a little bit chopped up, but we believe, it's called rationalism. We, only what we can perceive and know is reality. And the... Medieval mind was not as medieval as we'd like to think about it. The philosophers, the theologians, they would map the skies without ever being there. And they had ways to do that. But levels of being is something that exists. It exists in the minds of the saints. And it will help you in your spiritual direction. Know that there's a trajectory. You can go backwards. You can go forward. This that we're reading here in terms of spirituality, in terms of men. What, what does this say? We'll give you a more complicated letter, but what's this say about virginity? What's this say about chastity? What's this say about appetites? Can you have an appetite for God? Can you lose your appetite for God? What's this say about the, uh, uh, the Bible as it teaches about the leaking cisterns and about appetites? I'm introducing these concepts. I want to talk about levels of being because it's a foundational concept to talk about why it's important to control your appetites, your desires. It's a negative approach to God because ultimately all your desires are to be on God. And a desire for a Coke, a burger, fries, that hunger that you can have for a burger, Coke, and fries can actually develop with proper spiritual direction into a hunger for God, to a hunger for truth. And you're going up this ladder, these levels of being. Same with your appetites, appetite for friendship. So Al Crestus says he was friends with uh, Egan, Father Egan in our diocese, Lansing. And he says, I did not think, I'm paraphrasing, and we'll have him on the show, at least we'll invite him on the show. I did not think there was a significant public interest for me to reveal what I knew about Egan. He was my friend. Friendship, that's what I want to underline. You've got Al Cresta, public Catholic figure, and you've got Father Egan, 
and you got significant public interest, and you have friendship. We'll talk to Ralph Martin, seminary professor. We'll ask him, well, Father Ralph Martin, what does John of the Cross say? What do the, the doctors of the church, the, the physicians of the soul say about friendship? My suggested answer, friendship can be an enemy to the soul. The desire for friendship can eclipse your love for God, can lead you astray. You have to be very careful and you have to be detached from friendships. There are holy friendships and there are friendships that are not holy. And so we'll ask them to explain that. We'll get a panel. They're not going to show up, but we'll, we'll, get, we'll get a panel in terms of pageantry, in terms of we'll put together a program and, and if they don't show up, we'll write a script. Here's Father Egan. Here's Ralph Martin. And here's El Cresta. And you tell me how close we hit to the bullseye based upon what we know already in the American media. But I want to give you the underpinnings of that levels of being. Meaning there's, uh, what is it? Uh, good, better, and best. So think about this. Because this is in the mindset of John of the Cross. Ralph should know about this. The medieval mind divided reality into these levels of being. Starting with matter. So you could perceive matter, a rock. This is what you could perceive, and this is reality. It's not the reality that Descartes wants to limit you to. And John Paul II, the great saint, criticizes Descartes, the Cartesian revolution in, my, in thought. Uh, Descartes was trying to do something good. But remember, let's start here. Matter, the rock. You can perceive what a rock is. You know that there is something, the next level of being would be matter plus life. You can see that in plants, grasses, trees. They have matter, but there's also life there. The next level of being is, remember, this is a trajectory towards heaven, towards God. So you have matter, matter plus life. The next level of being is matter plus life plus consciousness. Let's take a look at that. Each higher level has within that level the subordinate levels that went before it. So, so you have a, a horse. You have matter there. You have life in that horse. Now we have consciousness. How do we know we have consciousness? Because if you hit that horse in the head and render it unconscious, the difference in the state of beings we call consciousness. You could call it X, you could call it Y, you could call it Z. But it's consciousness is the label, the term we gave it. So you have matter existing in that horse. You have life in the horse, the same life, plant life that you see in weeds and grasses. And then you have something else called consciousness. That's the third level. The fourth level includes all the prior levels. Matter, matter plus life, matter plus life plus consciousness. Now something new. And this is at the level of man. We call it the soul. You could call it X. So in a human being, you have matter, you have life, you have consciousness, but now there's something else. There's a difference between, there's a distinction between you and me and that horse. We call it the soul. I want you to know that <clears throat> because you can, once you understand that the world has been created hierarchically, in a hierarchy. The church believes that too. Not just believes it, professes it. When you go 
to Vatican II, the documents of Vatican II, in their original Latin, it will tell you that the church is, of its nature, hierarchical. We'll get into that later. Some of the English uh, translations, I'm not certain, are as crisp as that. But you get someone who can read Latin. The point It is of its nature, point to that, in the documents. The church is hierarchical. You'll want to know this. This is like the foundation. Now, on your map, this is like north, south, east, and west on your map of knowledge. Okay? That's going to help you orient when we're looking at this and we're thinking, what's going on here? You know, and... Uh, this foolishness that we're reading about on my coin. I'm there's this is the day, this is the feast or the special day of uh, Oscar Romero, March the 24th. He was a voice for the voiceless. The voiceless that I represent on this program, that Teresa and John represent, they don't want people spending their money on what we're hearing is going on. That's why we have starred the DSA. We want accountability. We want transparency. And until we get it, Bishop, look, you get a job. You pay for your own sex. We're not paying for it. <clears throat> so I leave that with you. Loves of being that you can experience yourself and how uh, the, the, the world is hierarchical and it's the same with souls. I'm laying a foundation for the... Uh, idea of sanctity and sanctification and being perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Those are the words of Jesus Christ. And there is, the ordination does not give clergy the authority, the power, the jurisdiction to uh, dissent from this, to dissent from the father. They don't have that. They like to talk as if they do. They don't have that. And my training was such that um, the seraphic doctor, the angelic doctor, Thomas Aquinas, would go out just like in Hyde's Park in London. I'm not saying went to Hyde's Park, but they would go to the overpass and they would debate publicly. Religious orders would discuss these things. Not like today. You raise these questions. That's why I've got embedded in the show notes a short letter. You ask the, you ask the wrong questions or you start rocking the boat, they don't want to deal with you. Not at all. That's not the Catholic way. That's the way of mediocrity. That's what happens when you ordain mediocrity and good by good men, good men go and don't get ordained. You start asking questions. Get the book, make a photocopy, send it to your priest and have him send it to the bishop. First of all, he ain't going to send it to the bishop, but watch his reaction. And you can send it to the bishop. If you get a priest... That's willing to send it to the bishop. See what happens. And tell us. Report here. Give, give us, get your reaction. Because when you stand up in that boat, the bark of Peter, B-A-R-Q-U-E, bark of Peter, they're going to say, sit down. You're going to rock the boat. We're going to all fall in. Don't rock the boat. Don't make waves. Don't cause problems. Well, tell me where the church teaches that. And I'll tell you, you got a lot of questions to answer. If your bishop, priest asserts that, let him assert that to the face of Teresa. Let him assert that to the face of John. They got a lot of questions to answer. All right. Um, 
Teresa's coming from Florida. Expect her back up here soon. I hope to connect again with John. I think you heard him one time. We're getting equipment so we can technology to block out the feedback, headphones, microphone, so I can cough. And I've got a sinus thing going on, and so I can deal with that as we talk, and you don't have to hear all that. Starve that DSA. Money is the mother's milk of church corruption. Money is the mother's milk of church politics. And uh, if you don't want to say it, quote me. Tell them, Sharp Elbow. Brother Sharp Elbow, I want to be at that table. I want to be at that feed trough. I want to, do, I want to, do, I want to parlay like a French voyageur. I want to parlay. Trade my furs for their wares. I want to get some of that influence. So I'll give you a thought about what we're talking about. I'll leave you with a closing meditation. Bishop, think about this. important that song I think it was in 2014 there was a movie out about the North Korean North Korean dictator it was a comedy it was a spoof and uh, the Koreans were upset so their intelligence service hacked with malware Sony films and theaters to try to stop the dissemination of this film it was kind of like a, a lampoon on the North Korean dictator and a, and, a, and a comedy about an assassination on him. So their intelligence service hacked our big business, big Hollywood, and theaters. Pretty sure Obama was president then, and he said, we will respond. There was a response. 
our intelligence service hacked their their internet. For 24 hours, their internet went down. And the malware played this song. That's what they would hear. So you consider everything that that worked off their internet went down for exactly 24 hours and then went away. I don't know if you call that a worm or what. There's a lot in this song. Never going to give you up. Think about that. Think about the message it sends to your bishop and your clergy who know that we know that they know. And you just grow onesies and twosies. It's money. You have a lot of control when you put conditions on your giving. You put conditions on your giving, their hearts and minds will follow the way back to Jesus Christ. And all this nonsense will dry up. Good men are there to be ordained. Mediocrity is in control. Levels of being tell us mediocrity should not be in control. Be ye perfect as your heavenly father. That's Rick Astley, A-S-T-L-E-Y, never going to give you up. Look it up. We're going to end this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Our Lady of Mount Carmel, pray for us. St. Joseph, protect us. This we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen.